kicked from Apple Podcasts? What happens when you keyword stuff podcast tags? Don't spam your tags, people! Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. In the middle of 2018, Apple started cracking down on keyword stuffing in podcast tags. And my own show, the Audacity to Podcast, was even affected. And I've been tracking and testing other podcasts since then and even before then. So I wanted to share with you what I found. And I think you really need to hear this. Even if your own podcast isn't at risk for being kicked out, you might know of some other podcasts that would be, and you can share this with them. And I really, really recommend that you share this article and this podcast episode with other podcasters. You can do that through the show notes and all of this information that I'll share with you, pretty much the transcript of this episode, because it was originally going to be a blog post. But I decided this is important enough for me to put this out as a podcast episode. So all of that will be over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash keyword stuffing. If you want the too long didn't listen version or too long didn't read, make the title tag the title, make the author tag the authors, and put descriptive text in descriptive fields. Don't try to game the system. Before I get into the in-depth details, a little background. First, I'll admit I knew I was crossing this new and not completely defined line for what was allowed in podcast tags. Although I never encourage stuffing or spamming your RSS tags with keywords, I had been giving the advice to include some keywords in the form of a sentence-style tagline, as this can help with podcast search engine optimization. But when some unethical podcasters learned how Apple Podcasts and iTunes search works, they would abuse these tools and spam their RSS tags with keywords, hoping to boost their podcast's findability. And for the whole of this podcast episode, so as to not throw people under the bus, only my own podcasts and those acceptable examples will be real podcasts. Unacceptable examples will be fictionalized. But do the spammers really need that kind of protection? Eh, I'll let them have it. But how much is spamming? Let's start there. Because Apple Podcasts currently searches only the title and author tags, that's of the recording of this episode, I do believe someday they might change that, but they search only those two tags at the show level and the episode level. Because of that, some podcasts would fill those fields with extra keywords and descriptions. So here's a clear example of abuse. And again, this is fictionalized, but it is based on actual samples throughout the Apple Podcast catalog that I've seen. Here's the title. My awesome podcast, hyphen, entrepreneurship, marketing, passive income, relationships, Bitcoin, business, SEO, and vanilla cream soda. And the author tag, John Smith, expert entrepreneur who interviews and discusses marketing ideas from people like Pat Flynn, Seth Godin, Zig Ziglar, and more. If Steve Jobs was still alive, he would be on this podcast. I'm going to assume you're among the intelligent and ethical podcasters and podcast fans. So, you can probably immediately recognize that this example is trying way too hard. Without a doubt, if your podcast has a title or author tag that looks anything like what I just shared, it will be rejected. This is happening immediately for new podcasts submitting through podcastsconnect.com, and it's also happening to existing podcasts, and I'll share more when that seems to happen and what you can do when that happens. But what about this unacceptable gray area? 
Perhaps a podcaster is trying to be ethical, but also trying to make their podcast findable for relevant search terms. Thus, they may be more conservative with their keyword usage, even in line with what I used to teach. Here's what my own podcast was before Apple rejected it in October 2018. The title was The Audacity to Podcast, hyphen, How to Launch and Improve Your Podcast. And the author tag was Daniel J. Lewis, comma, podcasting industry expert and how to podcast teacher. I left my podcast like this when Apple started tightening the standards and I knew my podcast had the potential to be removed. But as you can tell, I wasn't stuffing my tags with a list of keywords. I was giving my podcast and myself what I consider to be taglines or subtitles. In the process of discussing things with the Apple Podcast support team, I learned that while my title contained extraneous information, it was especially the author tag that got my podcast kicked out of Apple Podcasts. So what is the acceptable limit? If your own podcast has been rejected by Apple, you've probably seen this response verbatim from their support team. Quote, Your show was rejected because the author field or title field contains extraneous information that should be included as part of its description tags, description, iTunes subtitle, or iTunes summary. Unquote. While you might think this is a vague response from Apple, I think it's a clear enough definition of the limit. Not that extraneous part, but the, quote, information that should be included as part of its description, unquote. In my own podcast, How to Launch and Improve Your Podcast was not the title. It was a description. And Podcasting Industry Expert and How to Podcast Teacher was not the creator of the podcast. It was a description of the creator. So put in a profound way, the title tag should be only the title. The author tag should be only the author. The descriptive tags should contain the descriptions. Duh, right? I think Apple's standard does make total sense. And if you have multiple regular co-hosts or there's a company or network behind the podcast, it would be acceptable to include those names in the author tag. They are, after all, authors of the podcast too. Thus, author tags like the following would be acceptable. Daniel J. Lewis, Noodle Mix Network, Mike Carruthers, Wondery, John Smith, Jane Doe, and Christian Wolf, ZZZ Accounting, Focus Features, Stitcher, Lamina House, and Jad Abumrad, and Malcolm Gladwell, Panoply. Now, in some of these, there were separator characters like a bullet point, a vertical slash, or pipe character as it's more often called, and a slash. And... In further correspondence with the Apple Podcast team, I learned that there is a little more flexibility with the title, but not much. A quick look at the top 200 of all podcasts in Apple Podcasts gives several good examples of acceptable flexibility in the titles. And I have these listed in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash keyword stuffing if you want to see them, or they might be simply a type or a swipe away inside of your podcast app. Gladiator, colon. Aaron Hernandez and Football Inc. Dark Topic, colon, a true crime podcast. Snap Judgment Presents, colon, Spooked. Steve McNair, colon, Fall of a Titan. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, colon, Ears Edition. Oprah's Masterclass, colon, The Podcast. Let's Not Meet, colon, a true horror podcast. Unerased, colon, 
The History of Conversion Therapy in America. Unsolved Murders, colon, True Crime Stories. The Church of What's Happening Now, colon, with Joey Coco Diaz. Death by Misadventure, colon, True Paranormal Mystery. Fantasy Footballers, hyphen, Fantasy Football Podcast. Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, colon, Addendum. Notice that contrary to some of the legalistic fear and advice, these titles do contain separators, such as colons and hyphens. Some of these titles are even unnecessarily redundant with the host's name in the title. So yes, there's still some room for improvement, but I recommend not including the host's name in the title because it is redundant. There are certain cases where yes, that is good to do, but in most cases it's not good to do and it's never really been necessary. There was once years ago a glitch that made the author tag not searchable, but that was a short-term thing that was fixed after not long. So you are searchable by your name, and that applies to most other podcast apps as well. Also notice that none of those titles I just read to you contain a tagline in the title. The extra text is either part of the unique branding, such as Snap Judgment Presents, Spooked, or it's a generic title of the genre, such as True Crime Podcast. That, combined with something that Apple said about my own podcast title, leads me to believe my biggest concern for findability, fan podcasts, will still be allowed to include the title of the fandom inside the title of their podcast. Thus, I think titles such as the following would be acceptable and serve the need for podcast SEO. For example, once hyphen unofficial once upon a time podcast or welcome to level seven colon agents of shield fan podcast. I mentioned SEO. So what about podcast SEO search engine optimization? I was the first to thoroughly study test and create a complete course on SEO for podcasters. And there are some major revisions planned for 2019. So keep an eye out for that. And I know that the big reason podcasters want to get extra keywords in their tags is that this helps with that search engine optimization. As the thinking and my previous teaching went, the My Awesome Podcast show would be more findable for a topic like marketing if that keyword was in the title or author tags, since that's all the Apple Podcasts and iTunes currently search. Most other podcast apps, by the way, also search the show level description. Some other apps don't search individual episode titles. I really think Apple Podcasts will bring back description search. They do actually already have it indexed for search. They simply don't use that for their searches. But in my example of the My Awesome Podcast show, marketing would be a description of the podcast, not a title. Thus, it shouldn't be in the title. So how else could the podcast be found for that and the other podcast topics that I listed in that horrendously long podcast title earlier? This is where other ethical podcast SEO strategies need to take priority. Many of the top podcast apps, including Apple Podcasts or iTunes, include some information from individual episodes. And web searches especially prioritize the information inside the individual posts. Thus, if you want your podcast found for certain keywords that aren't part of your show-level title, I suggest making well-titled episodes about those topics. 
Using my fictionalized example of the My Awesome Podcast and that long string of keywords after it, I could make episodes like the following. Awesome marketing tips. Should you invest in Bitcoin? Why vanilla cream soda is the best. Thinking of becoming an entrepreneur? 10 passive income strategies. How to make relationships last. And you can apply the same kind of thinking even to fan podcasts. So if you do a podcast about a TV show or a sports team or a product or something like that, and you can't put that thing in your title, or even if you could, you might want to make an episode or a few episodes that follow a pattern like this. Top 10 MacGyver episodes. The best LA Dodgers games. Why watch Once Upon a Time? Most popular iPhone models. These episode titles contain those target keywords, so they do contribute to the overall show's findability for those same keywords. But even more importantly, these titles make a better experience for the audience by clearly communicating the subjects of each episode. So when you practice better SEO techniques, you're actually serving your audience better. And that leads me to answer the question you may be wondering. Why does Apple suddenly want to stop the keyword stuffing when they've let it go for so long? I think Apple cares about cleaning up the podcast in their catalog for one huge reason, the user experience. And there seems to be three sides to this. Number one, cleaner listings. Number two, voice-based interactions. And number three, cracking down on spammers and cheaters. Let me dig through this a little bit more to explain it. First, number one, cleaner listings. Scrolling through a chart of top podcasts or a subscription list is actually a much better experience when the titles are clean, clear, and concise. I noticed this when I was looking through my own podcast subscriptions. The shorter, non-truncated titles were easier to read, the screen was less cluttered, and the titles actually stood out to me even more than they did before. So my subscriptions went from something like the Audacity to Podcast hyphen, how to launch and improve, dot, dot, dot. Marketing tips for entrepreneurs, effective ways to, dot, dot, dot. Overcoming fear, everything you need to succeed in, dot, dot, dot. Everything about everything, the podcast that covers, dot, dot, dot. To now, with the cleaned up titles, the list of podcasts looks more like this. The Audacity to Podcast. Marketing tips for entrepreneurs. Overcoming fear. Everything about everything. It's even easier to speak. It's such a simple, clean list. And the charts and feature lists and podcast apps are also a lot easier to read when titles and author tags aren't truncated. These cleaner listings really do make a better user experience. I didn't even think about this until I realized that I, as a consumer of podcasts, actually appreciated it and it was clearer and a better experience for me. Then number two, voice-based interactions. Smart assistants like Alexa, Siri, Google Assistant, and more vocal interaction technologies are entering our world through smartphones, smart watches, smart speakers, smart entertainment systems, other things with the word smart before them, apps, automobiles, and more. These interactions are supposed to feel natural and not robotic. And I think this is a big reason Apple wants to clean up their podcast catalog. A couple months ago, if you said, hey, Siri, subscribe to the Audacity to Podcast, she would have responded, 
just to confirm, do you want to subscribe to the podcast, The Audacity to Podcast, How to Launch and Improve Your Podcast by Daniel J. Lewis, podcasting industry expert and how to podcast teacher? Ah, just saying that sounds so pretentious to me. And imagine if my title or author tags were even longer than that. But when the title and author tags are cleaned up, Siri's response isn't so overwhelming. Then when asking her the same thing, she would respond, just to confirm, do you want to subscribe to the podcast, The Audacity to Podcast by Daniel J. Lewis? Isn't that nicer of an experience? And it would be that same way with other voice-based interactive assistants. And although this is probably not required on any voice assistant or app, but maybe there are some out there, can you imagine having to say the entire title correctly in order to subscribe to the podcast? Hey, smart speaker, subscribe to my awesome podcast. Beep, beep. I found 200 podcasts by that name. Which one do you want? Uh, hey, smart speaker, subscribe to my awesome podcast entrepreneurship, marketing, and business? Beep, beep. I'm sorry, I can't find a podcast by that name. Hmm. Hey, smart speaker, subscribe to my awesome podcast, entrepreneurship, marketing, SEO, and Bitcoin. Beep, beep. I'm sorry, I can't find a podcast by that name. Hey, smart speaker, subscribe to my awesome podcast, business, relationships, and something about soda? Beep, beep. I'm sorry, I can't find a podcast by that name. Hey, smart speaker, throw me out the pod bay doors. Cleaner tags do make a much better spoken user experience. And I think Apple has been thinking about that, especially when you look at how Siri is entering a lot of Apple's products. It's been on the iPhone for a while. Of course, it's on iPad. It came to Mac OS. Within the last couple of years, it's on Apple TV within the last couple of years. There's now the HomePod, which is their own smart speaker. It's on Apple Watch and other things as well. So it makes sense that they would want this to be a clean, friendly, non-robotic kind of user experience. And number three, I think they're doing this to start cracking down on spammers and cheaters. At the Worldwide Developer Conference in 2018, James Boggs, a manager in the Apple Podcast team, said this. We're continually refreshing and managing our directory, automatically retiring shows which become technically unavailable or those that run afoul of our directory content guidelines, such as those with spammy content or shows seeking to manipulate our top charts. Don't do that. Just please, please don't do that. Spammy content or shows seeking to manipulate our top charts. Manipulate the top charts, such as search as well? Yes, I think so. Content creators are already familiar with search engines tweaking their algorithms to demote or even blacklist sites using unethical tricks in attempts to cheat their way to the top of search results. And I think that James Boggs made it clear that Apple is seeking to do the same thing with Apple Podcasts probably with the hopes to expose and reward those with high-quality content in a truly engaged audience the podcast legitimately earned. None of this, hey, I can get a thousand new subscribers for you, just pay me five dollars through this shady website and I'll do it for you and, and they'll all be legit and you can show these numbers to your sponsors. And Don't do that, just 
Please don't do that, to quote James Boggs. And we can apply this to many other fields and quickly realize how annoying it is to be confronted by those who are trying way too hard to close the deal. Think of used car salespeople, politicians, and those overly zealous people at mall kiosks. Don't do that. Just please don't do that. So how is Apple finding these podcasts to reject? The first place Apple is looking is at newly submitted podcasts. For years, we've been familiar with rules for podcasts and Apple podcasts, such as avoiding profanity in the text or cover art, a valid podcast RSS feed, and some more requirements and guidelines that you can see over at podcastconnect.com in their help and resources section, or I link to it in the show notes at the audacity to podcast.com slash keyword stuffing. If a podcast doesn't meet these standards, it gets rejected even before entering the Apple podcast catalog. But like my own show, many existing and even long-running podcasts are being rejected. Unfortunately, it seems to be without notice, too. What I can tell for sure, based on data from tracking tools I've developed, is that Apple is keeping a close eye on the top 200 of all podcasts and probably featured sections like New and Noteworthy, What's Hot, and such. I've been tracking several podcasts I thought would likely get rejected, Some of them, including my own, have been going for months and even years. But in most cases, the very day they made it into the top 200 of all podcasts, they got rejected. I've seen this happen as quickly as three hours after breaking into the top 200. And you may think this means your podcast is safe from ranking in the top 200. I just imagine the prayers of the podcaster out there who's spamming their tags. Oh, please, God, don't let my podcast rank really well in iTunes because I don't want it to get kicked out. What's the thinking there? But if you even think that your podcast is safe from ranking in the top 200 and therefore safe from possibly being kicked out, the top charts in Apple Podcasts are based on new subscriptions. And as testing and data consistently confirm, it really doesn't take a lot of new subscribers in a day to push a podcast into the top 200. My own show, The Audacity to Podcast, was sitting below the top 200 for months and months. I wasn't even putting out episodes for months and months. And then it must have been featured or mentioned somewhere else because overnight it jumped into the top 200 to somewhere around 170 of the top 200. So it's not number one, but it was in the top 200. Overnight. And I didn't do a single thing. And it's on hiatus, with this important episode being the exception, of course. And that day that it made it into the top 200, it got kicked out of Apple Podcasts. And I've seen this happen with some other podcasters, too, who were tracking their rankings. And the day they made it into the top 200, they celebrated and then their podcast is gone. And for podcasts that I've been tracking with some special little secret tools that I've developed, I've been able to watch them climb the charts, climb the charts, climb the charts in the top 200, a few hours later, gone. And for clarification, I'm not referring to the top 200 within any of the 67 genres or categories in Apple Podcasts. Instead, I'm referring to the top 200 of all podcasts in Apple Podcasts. This would be the front page, essentially, if you're Looking inside of iTunes, there's a top podcast section in the lower right corner of iTunes, or if you're in the Apple Podcast app, if you go to the charts section, it's that first chart that you'd be able to see. That's all podcasts. Top 200 from there. 
And while I've seen several podcasts get away with spammy tags in the top 200 of those other genres, I doubt it will be long before Apple expands their scope to police more areas. And maybe they are already doing that. And I just haven't noticed because I'm focusing primarily on the all podcast section. It also seems Apple is auditing podcasts that change their show level information. And this could affect you at any time, regardless of where you are in the ranks. So if you're changing something like the title, the author tag, the description, the cover art, changing your feed address, doing a 301 redirect, anything like that, switching from HTTP to HTTPS, maybe any kind of show level information or meta information change about your podcast could make it show up. But beyond that, there could be some other algorithms to help surface suspected podcasts, such as monitoring shows with heavy activity or recently published episodes. And I think that what catches Apple's attention might not be any kind of separator, like a colon, a pipe, or a dash, but the length of the title and author tags. This is how I, before I develop my little tool, and even when I run my little tool, one of the things I look for is just What are the titles that end up being truncated? What are the titles that don't fit in this short space that Apple Podcasts and iTunes displays? Then let me investigate those titles. That's not to say anything long will get kicked, but something long might be more likely to catch Apple's attention. So being legalistic about this and simply omitting that separator character is probably not adequate protection. And also, I've seen podcasts get kicked that were abusing only one tag, but not both of them. So if your podcast suffers from this, what then happens if your podcast is rejected? Maybe you didn't fix your podcast in time, or you want to know what the risk is. Here's what I've observed. New podcasts, you need to fix and resubmit. If you're submitting a new podcast to Apple through Podcast Connect, and it gets rejected, the best thing to do is clean up your tags, get a new feed URL, even if that's by simply changing one character in the URL, or you're using a service like Podcast Mirror, you change your URL there, or start using Podcast Mirror. Whatever it takes, get a different URL, even if that's simply one character different, and then submit that new feed URL. You don't have to contact Apple in this case. Simply submit a new feed URL after you've corrected the error in your podcast data. And because this has the possibility of requiring you to change your feed URL, I recommend submitting to Apple before submitting anywhere else. That way you'll know you have an acceptable feed and won't have to mess with maintaining multiple URLs or switching other destinations. And if your podcast is new, Apple may notify you of the rejection Or you may have to log into podcastconnect.com to check on the status of your submission in order to know that your podcast was rejected. For existing podcasts, you need to fix it and contact Apple. If your show was already in the Apple Podcast catalog and it got rejected, make the changes in your podcast feed right away and then contact Apple through podcastconnect.com and ensure your changes are visible in your feed and tell Apple that you already corrected the issue, then ask for your podcast to be reinstated with its ratings, rankings, and reviews intact. The more information you can provide Apple, like your iTunes URL or that ID number, your feed URL, what changes you made, and such, 
And the less back and forth that you initiate, the fewer questions you ask and less clarification you try and get, but the more you just give them the information, make a simple request, then the quicker you can get your podcast restored. For me, because I knew exactly what the problem was, my podcast was restored within about 20 hours. And along the way, I was also asking questions because I wanted the clarification to be able to share with you as well as look for other stuff that I could test and watch inside of the Apple Podcast Catalog. I haven't heard from any podcasters who were notified by Apple that their podcasts were kicked out. So if you're concerned about this, if you're walking that fine line, you could check for yourself on a regular basis, or you'll soon be able to use a special tool I'm creating so that you can be notified if there's a problem. Or simply don't do bad things, and then you probably won't have to worry about it. And you may be wondering, will the rejection affect your existing subscribers? This was a big concern of mine. And I shared a bunch of in-depth details inside of Podcaster Society. I've talked about this a little bit inside of Podcaster's Roundtable, especially when things like the whole Alex Jones issue uh, came to light with his podcast being removed from Apple Podcasts and some other podcast apps. Knowing certain technical backend things about how the Apple Podcast app works on iOS, I was very concerned about some stuff. Again, posted technical details in Podcaster Society. But I'm pleased and quite relieved to confirm that no, your existing subscribers will not be affected if your podcast is kicked out of Apple Podcasts. This is thanks to the decentralized nature of podcasting, with only a few exceptions like Spotify, Google Play Music, and iHeartRadio, and maybe some others, podcast apps will subscribe people directly to a podcast RSS feed. I would kind of say that's what makes it a podcast app. This is even the case with Apple Podcasts. I did have a concern about how Apple Podcasts behaves with their mirror URLs, such as the pcr.apple.com slash ID and then your ID number for your podcast. But very happy that through thorough testing, I've confirmed that even if that mirror URL is broken, as would be the case if Apple removes a podcast from their catalog, your subscribers are still connected directly to your RSS feed. Thus, even if your podcast is removed from Apple Podcasts or other podcast apps with only those few exceptions, your subscribers can continue to access your RSS feed and download your new and past episodes. There is a warning with this, however. If you submitted that mirror URL Apple gave you when you were approved into Apple Podcasts in the first place, and that mirror URL being something like pcr.apple.com slash ID and then a string of numbers, if you submitted that mirror URL to any other apps or directories, a rejection from Apple will disconnect you from your audience because that mirror URL stops working when they take you out of Apple Podcasts. But this is only if you submitted that mirror URL to other places or linked to it. And this is something you would have had to have done manually. It's not an automated thing to submit that mirror URL anywhere else. And I and other podcast experts have advised against doing that anyway, and I doubt that many, if any, podcasters have done it at all. We also urge you to please subscribe to your own podcast in Apple Podcasts or iTunes and in your preferred podcast app if you use something other than Apple's own apps. This will not only confirm for you that your podcast is still available to subscribers if there is a problem, 
but it also lets you see that your latest episode downloads even when it's not yet visible in Apple's catalog. But what about your podcast in other podcast apps? There are many other popular podcast apps, such as Overcast, for example, that use the iTunes Search API. This allows other apps to not have to maintain their own podcast catalog with creator submissions, and then you as a podcaster have to go out to all of these places and submit your podcast. They simplify that by using a special thing that Apple provides that allows them to search the existing popular, the most popular podcast catalog in existence, to which most podcasters have already submitted their shows anyway. So it's the most popular catalog. So these other app developers can simply tap into that and use that for their own search. And Apple makes that available for them to do. But when your podcast is rejected from Apple Podcasts, it also gets removed from the iTunes Search API. This makes your podcast not findable in those other apps, at least those that are using the iTunes Search API or using it freshly and haven't cached it or made their own local copy. And thus... It makes it much harder for people to subscribe to your podcast in those same apps. Now, I think that any good podcast app will still allow manual subscriptions by pasting a podcast RSS feed URL, but that's a cumbersome process. Like Apple Podcasts and iTunes, no longer being findable affects potential new subscribers, but not your current audience. So what do you need to do now? And yes, I do mean that you should make these changes immediately, or well, maybe wait until you finish listening to this episode and then go make these changes immediately. Number one, don't wait. Please don't wait for Apple's ban hammer to come down on your podcast. You may think your podcast is safe because it's never at risk for being in the top 200 of podcasts. You may think it's safe because you removed separator characters from the title or the author tags, but it really could be any moment that your podcast catches Apple's auditing attention and gets kicked out of Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And wouldn't it be horrible if you just published your best episode ever, or you just started a brand new marketing campaign to try and get new subscribers to your podcast, and right at that same time, maybe because there's so much new attention on your podcast, Apple suddenly looks at it and thinks, "Mm, don't do that, just please don't do that, and they kick it out. Horrible, horrible timing. Don't wait to fix things. Number two, clean up your show title. Make your podcast tag contain only the title. If you host a fan podcast, go ahead and include one title of the object of your fandom, but still keep it as clean as possible. For example, don't make it something like once hyphen unofficial once upon a time podcast, fan theories, reviews, interviews, and your podcast feedback make it simple. Like once hyphen unofficial once upon a time podcast. Number three, clean up your author tag. Who creates, owns, and hosts your podcast? That's what should be in the author tag. There should be only names in there, no titles, no taglines, no keywords, no web addresses or anything like that. It's okay to have multiple names of regular co-hosts, but don't include the names of guests mentors or inspirations, only the people who are actually the authors of the podcast. Number four, improve your episode titles. Like show level titles, your episode titles need to be clean, 
clear, and concise, and not stuffed with keywords. But episode titles are easier to work with because they can be far more specific and descriptive than a show title can be. So please don't title your episodes with only bland numbers or dates. Be descriptive and compelling, especially for those topics people might be searching for, like educational or informational content. And don't try to stuff your episode titles either. Remove that extraneous text that belongs in other places, the text like the show-level title or repetitive and thus probably useless text. Don't put that in your individual episode titles. And number five, make episodes to cover your keywords. If you don't already have episodes about those topics you wanted to stuff in your other podcast tags, start making those episodes now, or start planning them at least. Like my previous tip, ensure these titles are clear, concise, and compelling. So that's number one, don't wait. Number two, clean up your show title. Number three, clean up your author tag. Number four, improve your episode titles. And number five, make episodes to cover your keywords. Following these best practices will help ensure podcast apps don't kick out your show. And these principles will help you build a stronger brand and help make a better experience for your audience too. So everybody wins. I think this is really important. Please share this episode where you think podcasters need to see it. Go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash keyword stuffing for the links to share this episode. You can email it, you can tweet it, you can Facebook it, you can Reddit it, you can share it wherever you think podcasters need to see this because we need to make sure that we're making a good experience for our audiences and we don't want our podcast kicked out of Apple Podcasts and we don't want to see our other favorite podcast kicked out of Apple Podcasts either. So don't just sit around waiting to have your podcast kicked out. Get active, clean things up, and help other podcasts do that too. Show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash keyword stuffing. If you need help making any of these changes or you want to check your changes to make sure they look good, you can reach out feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com and I or my assistant can connect you with someone you can hire to work with one-on-one or consider joining Podcaster Society where I and several other podcasting experts are available directly and very easily accessible through Slack if you want to just check something with us or you want some help with any of this. That's at podcasterssociety.com. I have a quick personal update after the music. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitypodcast.com. Thanks for listening. I hope you were excited when you saw a new episode of the Audacity to Podcast in your podcast app. Technically, the Audacity to Podcast is still on hiatus. I wrote this information after doing all of this research and study and tracking with these special tools I've been playing with. And I wanted to make sure that this information got out to the public, especially with a lot of more attention being drawn to this issue. So I wrote it up as this really long blog post. And then I realized, well, if I make it a blog post, yeah, it'll get shared in certain places. But you listening right now, you might not know it was there. You might not see me share it on the social accounts for myself or for the Audacity to podcast. So since it was already written, why not make it a podcast episode as well? So that's why I am putting this out as an episode. Things are still very upside down for me right now. 
but I wanted to share this with you and it wasn't all that much more work to put it out as a podcast episode. So thank you for listening. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, In the last several months, I've gotten so many emails and I really, really appreciate them. I read every single one in reply when I can. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I've shared a lot more technical details, by the way, about all of this information inside of Podcaster Society, and as well as here and there, some of the podcasts that I track. And it's almost like playing the stock market scene. Oh, this one's going up, going up, going up, and it's gone. So thank you for listening. I don't know when the next episode will be out, but I am still regularly a co-host again on Podcasters Roundtable, and you might see me here and there in other places as well. Thank you.